Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running Scarlet Citadel by Kobold Press, a wonderful hardcover, kind of a mega dungeon, mini mega dungeon adventure. It's kind of a mega dungeon. It's like a big campaign that takes up place in a big dungeon so it's pretty it's pretty mega dungeony i would say i would argue this show like all of the work of sly flourish is brought to you by the patrons of sly flourish patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material including dedicated adventures the city of arches source book a dedicated discord channel the monthly q a and a whole bunch of other things that that patrons get access to but most of all patrons helping me put on shows like this to the patrons of sly flourish thank you so much for your support in our last session of Scarlet Citadel, the characters are on level two of the of the Citadel, and that is the Uzi section. We had some fun stuff that occurred. They came in the, in the session before. Whoops. Oh, no. I moved things. There we go. Lower map. That is my Albert Rodeo map. I'm using Albert 2.0, Albert Rodeo 2.0 for my virtual tabletop and you can see uh, uh you can see what's going on there in that map below and we had some fun because they defeated a great big ooze gelatinous cube hybrid they defeated that but then they started fighting other oozes which they then sent into that room and i said wouldn't it be cool if like the ooze is getting bigger and worse and reanimating and turning into something and so they are now aware, they have become aware of the fact that there is something growing in there and they're like, wow. And so I actually had this fun scene where they're all taking a nice rest. They, they found this little section of the dungeon down here where they can take a long rest. One of the characters, the player wasn't there. So his character's just sitting in the corner contemplating things. He's like, I think I'll just sit here for a while because it's nice and safe in here. While they were in here, they saw the main villain, Neska Maskalov. She came out of the door and she's like, what is all that racket? There was a big explosion. They heard a big explosion. And she said, what's that racket? And she came out of this, out of this hallway right above them. Then, then down this hallway, opened the door and went oh and freaked out and then she dragged a whole bunch she closed the door and dragged a whole bunch of barrels and put all these barrels in front of the door and then like grabbed her robes and ran <laughs> ran south because she saw what's in there so the characters don't know what's in there but they're like wow it scared her and she's the boss of this level so that's interesting so they went up to take a look at it and they saw this like red bloody goo coming out from underneath and they're like okay Nope, like we're not going in there. Then they confronted her and Mephits here in her lab. I, I put a bunch of attention on the fact that this furnace thing here, right in the center, I put a big focus on this furnace thing. And I said like the furnace itself is powered by the energy of the ley lines. I didn't want to expose the fact that like there's multiple ley lines that are being pulled into this one central region yet. Because in the book, that's like, oh, that's a really big secret. That's a big thing to discover. So I'm, but I'm saying like, there's a lot of magical energy being drawn and you can feel it and you can feel this tension and you know that this tension is causing or could cause this whole place to be as bad off as the western wastes were they did talk to the dust goblins and one of the dust goblins named who's still around i think named skick and skick is like oh i should get out of here and he was heading to the north going to the door and they're like no skick don't open that door and he's like what what's that? what everybody like he's reaching for the door and he's like oh okay never mind i'll find another way so he's looking for another way out skick told them what the western waste is like and i got to show them pictures from the book of like what well, the western waste so they're like oh my god the western waste that's horrible and i'm like well that was what could happen to the crossroads if this place continues to draw as much 
and, and twist as much energy from all of these ley lines as it is, it could cause a massive disaster in this area. It could be really, really bad. So they had to shut the furnace down. So they first they went into the room. They saw Dineska. Dineska freaks out. They tried to do some. Oh, one of them said like, hey, we, we want to pretend to be like a regulation committee. We want to pr- pretend to be like, you know, like a like a bureaucratical safety issue group. And so they're like, hey, we're a bureaucratic. And she's like, bureaucratical safety issue. Ah, and she starts throwing a question because she would act violently towards people that wanted to put any kind of regulation against her magical experiments. So they're like, oh, I guess that was sort of the wrong approach. And it's like, that's one is an auto fail. Because if you came in and said, we're adventurers that are here to kill you, she would still think better of you than if she thought that you were some sort of government bureaucracy that's trying to stop her from doing magical experiments. So they, they, that was one where I would argue they, they, they just completely picked the wrong they picked the wrong approach and thus a great fight ensued she i I had her flying already i I used her stat block i used the stat block that she had i had her flying already it was a lot of fun for her to hold up potions and throw potions at people i had her she cast haste on herself which meant she could throw like multiple potions a turn and the a lot of times the potions she would use would be ineffective against the character she used it against but i think it was dorn who's a shade he went into like shade mode boy we're seeing some of the weird unbalanced powers because like he can basically go into shade mode and he takes like half damage on everything for a whole battle so it was very you know it was he he took very little very little damage and i did kind of pull some things where it's like well part of the potion works on you but part of it doesn't and he's like well i'm immune to if i'm immune to poison then does the poison potion work against me and it's like well it's poison and restraining and the restraining part does even if the poison part doesn't stuff like that so he he based her he went up and pegged her to held her to a spot even though he's flying she's flying he got her in the thing and she's just smashing potions over the top of his head just like one right after the other she's like grabbing two and smashing them on either side of his head and he took a bunch of damage and she's throwing other potions too and there's these other methods and stuff flying around the room so they had to deal with all of that they defeated her she turned into a big pile oh she finally i think went into the center of all of them and pulled out of pouch four potions and threw them on the ground at which point my players said no way could she hold four potions and i said well let me demonstrate and i picked up four water bottles that i had on my desk and i'm like she does it like this and they're like okay i guess she could hold four potions i'm like i can hold four potions i don't have like basketball hands or anything so she threw four potions turned herself into a glob of ooze and hit everybody else with all these different big powerful blasts and it was really it was really pretty extreme but she then died the characters dismantled the dismantled the furnace and if you recall from the last session i talked about just not worrying too much about developing like a skill challenge and instead just describing what this thing is that there's this ball of power super powerful creative cre- you know, energy of creation that's forging that's that's firing up the forge and there's these these triangular metal plates that can hold that are floating around it that are uh, you were able to kind of expand and contract and then let them decide and they did things like freezing the pipes to force more energy into it so that the more energy is getting pulled out the closer it is they had people that were manipulating it with like thieves tools trying to trying to get the plates to go in by manipulating the machinery and i and put like about four of them were at risk and they each had to succeed or some group would end up taking damage. I think they both ended up succeeding. They almost, one group almost triggered it, but then they, I think they used their inspiration to, to, to no, they didn't because they had advantage already. They managed to pull it off. So anyway, it went bang. It went solid into this core. The, the core is this now solid block that looks like a icosahedron. It looks like a D20. And that has this creative energy. And as soon as they did, they felt like a piece of the tension of the dungeon 
pulled away, meaning like it, they broke like one of the chains that is holding this place down. There's essentially like four big chains and the, they smashed one of the chains. There's still three to go. There's another chain that's on this level. And that was where we ended the session was in this chamber. Uh, they raised a level. And so we're going to start our session today with talking about what capabilities they pick up from this level. Here is our Scarlet Citadel Notion notebook. As always, I am using Notion to do my campaign prep today. If you want to learn more about how to use Notion to do your lazy DM prep, you can find out all about it in the show notes below. So we're going to generate a new session planning template. Today's date is 11 December. 2022. We are going to start off by taking a look at the characters. I think Jay it, with Bart is still out. So his character is going to in his little happy place, ignoring what's going on. The other characters, I think everybody is here. We have Doran Greycastle, played by Joe, as a shade fighter, former adventurer, spirit that was pulled from another realm and is inhabiting a body here. We have Garble, played by Pat, is a mushroom folk rogue far traveler. He's looking for a new realm for his people. Mez, Rumseleth, is a, played by Sharon, is a frost elf fighter parfumier who is trying to make sure that Dorn doesn't wreck the body that he's in because he, Mez wants the body to be returned to a, a rightful internment. Sister Malarkey Jones is a tiefling warlock slash cleric and a noble who's kind of a follower of the Weird Weaver, just enjoys kind of the, 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 the twisting of chaos in the world, the twisting of randomness and following the paths of randomness and has brought her, has brought her here. And we have Skrink Skibber. Skrink, played by Juliet, is a rat folk wizard occultist who was sacrificed in the name of some dark god and then was returned by the Weird Weaver in order to bring them in order to save the weird weaver from being trapped here in scarlet citadel and that's kind of the big focus of this group this whole you know chaos and death are the two themes the the, the like returning returning the you know returning people to a rightful because many of these people have died and came back and they came back because of of chaos and the the the, the chaos the, the the shattering of the weird weaver is is kind of the, the the theme so i'm i'm still kind of getting my hands around it but you essentially have a being of randomness that has been trapped for power in this place and through that randomness beings that should be dead are are alive again and are going after it so it's kind of i don't have like the one word what's the one word theme that would be here entropy somebody brought up the word entropy as an example and i'm like that's not bad like entropy is the is the theme so i'm going to go with that we're going to go with entropy as a single word theme for this campaign the strong start so they have gained a level so we're going to start off by talk about your new characteristics from gaining a level and i think something I think it's probably worth revealing that like oozes are now getting free in this place. And I don't know if that's some, well, uh, so, so here's a, the, the thought is that like the, the super ooze that they've created and if, if they've created this super ooze, the idea that like this level might get overtaken with oozes and that there's not much they can do about it. The, the oozes are going to be wandering around this chamber. And the idea is like, you can't stay here forever, right? The, the, what I'm trying to do is make it clear and we could have like an ooze that would be like a small one up into the chamber just a single one like a single weird ooze very small single weird ooze that got free and it's just wandering around but then there's like well there might be more and oh my god look there's three over there oh my god there's seven over there there's one that's the size of a house that's moving down over there and the idea is like 
you can't like this this level is eventually going to get overtaken by oozes and it might take a while but it means it's not safe here like that chamber is probably safe i think like the chamber that they had is probably safe but probably not forever and i think eventually like this whole section ruled by the ooze king that they created you know is eventually going to take over this section of the dungeon i think that that's i i guess like i'm worried about the repercussion of that the, re- the repercussions of that but I think that's okay. Because the only problem is like, well, the characters then take it as like, oh, well, we need to stop that. We need to stop the uses from taking over this level. And then that becomes a whole new thing. And I'm not sure like that, you know, I could just say, I mean, I could just talk to the players and be like, you know, you don't think that this is anything you need to stop at least right now or could stop right now. But it does mean that this area is no longer a habitable place to, to, to take rests. So I think that that might be I think that this section of the Scarlet Citadel is no longer safe for taking long rests. I think that's fair. So leveling up the scenes, leveling up is one of the scenes. Then a single ooze is another as another one. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. My mom's in her new place. And we have a single fighting. The single ooze slurps up. And then traveling, exploring the western chambers of Kagoth Z. We can hyperlink Kagoth Z. The Twister of Time. Yay. So that's pretty solid. Secrets and Clues. Last week we talked about, we, there was some conversation in the YouTube video from last week about like, I always thought you were wrong about throwing away Secrets and Clues. I'm not wrong. Well, I'm, and I don't think this is just arrogance on my part. What I worry about when we think about saving our secrets and clues or working with our secrets and clues is I worry about somebody having a spreadsheet with 250 secrets and clues that they feel like they have to expose, that we hang on to those secrets and clues too much. I don't think from a lazy perspective, it makes sense that you're like, hey, were there secrets that didn't get revealed last time that are still relevant today? We're going to move those. And I think that that's, that that's fine. And it also is a nice way to check uh to see what you revealed and think about what happened in the last game so let's see we go to our four and we look at our secrets and we say the g cube super ooze and the remains of the orca jelly g cube hybrid have formed a huge and terrible ooze we did discuss the great and terrible river runs underneath the ruins this is actually a branch of the river sticks they learned that Level three used to be the dwarven barracks and the dwarves who built the Scarlet Citadel, but now is overrun by Trollkin and dire owlbears bred by the dwarves long ago. They learned that. The Trollkin are powerful force who patrol often in the level. It's a dangerous place to be. They did learn that. Level four is a huge natural cavern filled with mind-twisting darrow and huge bats that can carry away an entire kobold. They learned that. This is all stuff that they learned from talking to the, from Sticks who had traveled from the river up instead of them going down. River Flive is the Black River, yes. Kagazi is a powerful wizard, completely obsessed with acquiring knowledge of the elves who used to be here. The elves managed to hide their lore, not in place, but in time, and that steered Kagazi into a twisted practice of time magic. It's amazing he hasn't torn himself into pieces spread over thousands of years practicing this type of magic. That is a good one. We're going to keep that one. Resident Alchemist has been experiencing in the Alchemist Rose Deneska Maskalov. We, we learned that. She's dead. Nodes, try, tying these ley lines of power together, each must be disabled. They learned that. Dust Goblins came from the Wasted West. We did learn that. And the Dreadwalkers, we learned that. They found themselves a ghostly ship. Yes, they thought they were still in the Western Waste, and it turns out they're not. We had a lot of secrets last time. Look at all these secrets. Dust Goblins think they're underneath the Wasted West. We no region and blah, blah, blah. Wasted West is a terrible place. Yes. For centuries, tyrannical arcanists dueled over the ley lines of Midgard's Western lands. Yes. 
Worst of the surviving relics of the colossal and unimaginable alien creatures known as the Dreadwalkers. Yes. One who possesses Kagasi's Twister of Time ring and the instructions for recalibrating the time construct can set it to randomly so that it will almost never return. That is the equivalent of breaking the chain. So there's only a couple of secrets that now that are now relevant from last week. So that was handy to kind of say, like, what do we do? And there's, it's really all about Kagoth Z and the time magic. But we're going to take a good look at that chapter today. So those are our two secrets that we're able to kind of pull over. All the other secrets got revealed. So that works That works well. So let's take a look at the, the, the time-twisting cavern section. So this is in chapter two, level two, not chapter two. And here is the map. We can actually look at this in our, in our lower in our lower lower region here. Couple ways in. I think they're gonna go in through that library, through area 218. So let's take a look at area 218. And it's it's interesting because it's like how this this whole all of these chambers work together in a certain way. This is the Arcane Scriptorium Restored Collection. All the manuscripts that have been copied by the Clockwork Scribes, whether completely or partially, are shelves in this portion of the Scriptorium. Despite years of labor, no more than a dozen are complete. Given the scribes are copying the works exactly, and many of the originals are beautifully illuminated, progress is slow. Kagasi would have no hope of living long enough to see it concluded, if not for his mastery of time, which he hopes. He can eventually extend his lifespan by a factor of a hundred. The more of the scriptorium's books he accumulates, the more likely he is to find the knowledge he needs to succeed. Even this partial fragmented library is valuable. Sages of the Arcane Collegium and Zobek would pay richly for its contents, as would many others with less savory reputations. So they're probably going to go right in there. But I think the secret is that Kagoth's... We want to talk about like how this place is working. Luckily for me, I kind of read it ahead of time, so I know. Kagoth Z ha- is using... Structs and a time hopper to travel back to the ruin to the former elven library, recover tomes of ancient elven magic, copy them, and then send them back again. I think that's what he's doing, right? Is he's taking the tomes, they're copying them down, then they're taking the tomes and they're going back, and then it's the copy he's keeping here. He doesn't want to take them because he's like, that'll cause continuum problems, right? If he kept the book and was never in the past, you know, he has, he has, he has trouble. Or is he sending them forward? G-Blaster, you say? We're going to go, we're going to go take a look. I guess, I guess we'll look through chamber by chamber from top to bottom because the story of it seems to be linear, even if the characters are going to discover it in a different path. So we'll start with 209 to 218, it looks like, are the chambers. So the first chamber, Kagazi's study where he's creating and isolated a time tributary for his analysis. So he's not in here. This is another one we're going to move the villain. So the villain will kind of show up when it feels right. That, the, the, that Kagoth Z can move around from chamber to chamber. He won't necessarily be in the same place. So I'm not going to have him show up in the first chamber they pick. It's going to be one of the later chambers he picks. He's also going to be a pretty powerful villain. I think he's going to be really strong. So they, they had some good fights. They've, they've you know, I've, I've been worried with this adventure that, that I haven't been oscillating between easy fights and hard fights enough. That was a whole bunch of hard fights in a row. But now they've had a bunch of fights where they succeeded and it wasn't terribly difficult. So I think having Kagoth Z be really tough is, is going to be a good one. The Chambers Kagoth Z study. So there's a big time tributary. And what they say is if you dork with the time tributary, it could be the most dangerous thing in this whole dungeon. And that's because it can like send you, it can send you off into other places. Occasions, let's see, the hair sends an end at the static discharge, tremendous power. Table in the west corner is a chamber covered by complex instruments of Kagasi's design. Helps him study the time stream, allow him to measure the flow of time, its intensity, and momentum. But even with the best check, you only know it's somehow dorking with time. 
the time stream is incredibly dangerous. We have the time stream effect. We talked about that last time. Like what happens if you, what happens if you screw around with the thing? Staircase leads to three. Oh, so there's a staircase right away. Let's, where's that staircase? Uh, the staircase is right beyond and that just goes right down. So they could skip this whole guy, but he is one of the, he's one of the things that they have to defeat. So they might, it's kind of cool that they'll find, they, they, I don't know if they'll find the stairwell that soon because they're probably going to go the other direction. So it could be a while, but let's take a look at that. There's also a spiral staircase right, right in the center. Let me, just so we can see it a little easier. Well, that didn't help. I know it's real dark. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Thank God undo works. There's like a sterile right in the center. I wonder where that leads. I wonder where that goes. Like clearly they're trying to connect other levels up. I don't know if that's a staircase that leads out of the dungeon. That would be that would be awfully nice. Well, we'll figure that out. So, so 210 is the stairwell. Yep. Let's take a look at that. Staircase leads down to area 301. Trolk and Owlbears and others live down below. If the character inspects the stairs... Reveals nothing but vermin tracks. Another excellent time to roll a second D20 behind the screen to freak out your players. So he keeps the door between areas 209 and 210 locked. It isn't especially secure. It can be opened with a thieves tools check. 211 conjuration circle that he has conjured. Morta the debased. It was repaired to operate. Or Morta the debased is the villain from below. But Immorta is the one who fixed it. Kagos, he doesn't have the, the ability to fix it. But Immorta does. Circle functions a reverse magic circle. Its magic keeps fiends and elementals inside. Kagasi uses the circle to safely experiment with conjuration spells. And there is a beer, a barbed devil in here named Las Baskalag. Las Baskalag. That is a good NPC. The barbed devil? Yes. It would be. It's it, One interesting thing about Scarlet Citadel is that it mostly uses monsters from the monster manual. It only rarely uses monsters from any of the Cobalt Press books. But it might be fun to use any other monsters. Let's take a look at Toma Beast 3 and see if there is a comparable Toma Beast 3 devil that they might have conjured up here. Because, of, you know, using... So they have demons... Devils, devil flame. Let's let's take a look at here. There's an infernal tutor. That would make a lot of sense. Look at that guy. Devil, devil flame juggler. The infernal tutor. See, infernal tutor would be way better. There's a lesser infernal tutor who's CR7. Despicable fiends pose as teachers and mentors, sometimes killing an unknown sage and taking their place, willingly dole out wisdom to worthy that seek their guidance, yet all the while they lure their pupils into corruption. While all the devils trade in souls, Infernal Tutors gain their greatest satisfaction corrupting mortals who seek self-improvement. Oh, this is so cool. Uh, and an Infernal Tutor is a CR 13. My, my question is like, as a, do we want to make it either something they could defeat in combat easily or something that would be really hard to defeat? A single CR 13 is pretty hard to defeat. I guess I don't have to choose. CR 7 is still pretty tough. Three claw or tutor baton attacks. Claws are 12. Yeah, it's pretty tough even at the CR7 level. Tutor Baton is 10 bludgeoning. And you can always like give it more, more actions and stuff like that. So I think it is a lesser Infernal Tutor instead of the, the lesser TOB3. And that is Page. It would totally make sense that Kagoth Z has summoned an Infernal Tutor. Page 120. That is cool. In fact, I, I kind of want to make a, I want to make a card. Laskaskabag, the internal infernal tutor, two B three page, one twenty, and we can grab a fine picture of this fella. He looks cool. I got an NPC. There's our NPC card. So I think a secret is that Kagoth Z had Immorta, had Immorta the debased, build a summoning circle, and summon 
Labasca Lab Labascalag. 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 That is a hard name to say. Immorta wants nothing to do with the demon, with the devil. She knows how dangerous it is. Kagoth thinks he can control the devil to get valuable information. So that's cool. Last Baskalag has been trapped in the f- a circle for 16 days. It's a little hungry, a little bored. I think it's just mostly bored. I think it might be kind of fun if Les Baskalag has like a Rubik's cube that he's like telepathically working. Just a you know, he's got like his equivalent of a fidget spinner. But he's like, I'm really bored, right? And he like throws out, it randomizes and and fixes. And that again gets to this like, yeah, he's an agent of the, an agent of the weird weaver, right? And he's always like, it's strange. Randomness isn't working the same way. Like, well, this is really strange. Look, like this thing should be random every time, but it's not. It's falling into patterns every time. Isn't that interesting? I think that'd be really cool. He's unsure what to do with Les Baskalag. Doesn't dare release the devil. Doesn't know how to send it away. He had on the possible solutions when he when he got wind the characters are carving their way through the dungeon. The gnome promised to set Les Baskalag free. The devil must do its best to kill the intruders. I think I think we're gonna yeah. I don't think we're gonna play it quite like that. Having reached an agreement with the barb devil, now waits the right moment. Carries a bag of coarse salt. Scattering the salt across the magic circle creates a pathway out of the circle for Les Baskalag. For its part, the devil made a bargain and must honor it if Kagasi upholds his end. The exact timing of when Kagasi breaks the circle is up to you. He's an overleaf rate, blah, 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 blah. So that that's gonna be interesting. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think too much about it. I like the idea that like what if we're gonna if we're gonna get into it, like, you know, think about what Les Baskalag wants. I'll come last. So wants to corrupt well, he wants to be free. He wants to corrupt mortals who seek shortcuts for self-improvement. He particularly wants to watch Kagoth Z tear himself apart in time. He might love to go back in time and corrupt the elves of the past. I think that might be fun. He probably knows about parallel universes. I've been watching the TV show, oh, what's it called? Amazon Prime uh, Peripheral. I read the book. I read the William Gibson book a while ago, and it was a neat book. And the idea, spoilers, small spoilers for this TV show, is that you can do time travel through information, but every time you connect back with a world from the past, it creates a new version of that world. It doesn't affect yours. It creates a new alternate timeline for only that world. I think the same might be the case here. And he knows this. It's very smart, this dude. Might be the smartest person in the dungeon. That could be really cool. So that's Les Baskalag. I think I can pronounce his name now. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that special? I think he could be really fun. I think he'd be a really, really fun NPC. Stairwell, Conjuration Circle, Storerooms, Boring, Scribe's Desk. Kagasi employs two clockwork servants as librarians and scribes. They've undergone minor altercations to make them suitable for their roles. Stat blocks are identical to standard clockwork servants. Their time is equally split between this chamber and the scriptorium stacks. 215, 216, 218. If they're here, add them to the description. The, uh, so they might see, the characters might see that one of these guys comes in and sets a new book on the thing like that. And it, it, they just happen to be there when it when it does so. Clockwork Servants says no instructions to fight anyone. Not much good at it. They fight back if somebody dorks with their books. An ink guardian ooze. If a fight breaks out, the characters poke around at the desks and no one is here. An ink guardian ooze. So there is a creature codex creature here. Scribes' job is to copy texts as they become available in the scriptorium because the scriptorium's contents reside in the distant future. 
The scriptorium's contents reside in the, dis- in the distant future. Kagasi can't rely on having access to what he wants when he wants it. His solution is to send two other clockwork servants into the future with his time construct to retrieve materials and bring them to the present. That's right. The elves, they, I think the elves sent their thing. They hid it in the future, but he found out. And so he's recovering it from the future, not the past. This is hard to remember. His solution is to send two clockwork servants into the future with this time construct to retrieve materials and bring them to the present so the scribes in the chamber can make copies. The scribes work while they can, slavishly copying every aspect of the original into a new scroll or book until it disappears back into the future because it, it gets pulled back on its own. For the most part, the scribes have no understanding of what they're copying. They simply look at squiggly lines and transfer them into shapes. So that's an important secret and clue. Kagoth has constructs traveling into the future to recover elven tomes hidden there in the future they bring them back and attempt to copy them before those tomes disappear back to the future back to the future it takes many runs on the same book to make a full copy so it'll take years it'll take years to get the whole library copied. So that makes sense. They seldom manage to finish copying something before it disappears again. So a big part of the job is keeping track of what's been logged before. When a text reappears after weeks or years, they pick up where they left off, avoiding duplication. See the time construct appendix. What else do we have? Storeroom, scribes desks. So they are doing that. Drylands pathways. This, this pit of bones is the bottom of the ossuary. Area 217. So that is where? Is that 214? Yeah. So if they go down there, yeah, that's cool. This is a good connection. This pit of bones is the bottom of the ossuary in the catacombs. It's also the entry and exit point to the drylands. Undead, use this access way to travel between the realm of Midgard. What appears to be a crumbling hole in the wall between 213 and the pit was, it was sealed by Kagothzi with an arcane wall of light of his own devising. The wall appears as a translucent shimmer in the air. An object or creature can pass through it, but a creature takes 22 radiant damage if it does so. This is enough to keep weak undead such as skeletons, shadows, and even the most specters and ghouls from wandering through. More powerful undead seldom come through, being drawn instead towards the crypts above. If you like, you can have the undead step through the pathway when the character's watching, catch a glimpse of the, of the party. So that's cool. They'll actually see like the pathway to the dry lands, which I, I, I had run a few sessions ago. That's kind of neat. It's stuff like this where you can see how the connection points of the different levels of the dungeon and the, particularly vertical connections. Oh, this is the place that connects to that place we saw one level up or three levels up in the case of the bat, the bat area. So it's fun, it's, it's fun and it's important to show how uh, the dungeon interconnects vertically. You get that very good Dark Souls kind of feeling and that this is an area where you can do that the one thing i'd like to think more about or figure out is how can the characters change the dungeon physically so beyond just like changing the people that are wandering around how do they physically change the dungeon itself and i don't know that there's a lot of opportunities for that in this adventure and I'm, i might i'll probably maybe if I'll, I'll improvise i'll improvise something could be fun a powerful undead such as a bone naga won't be overpowered threat to characters because they're weakened so it might be fun to have a bone naga work its way through them work its way through the, the the door arcane scriptorium collapsed ancient arcane scriptum, scriptorium of the elves comprised three chambers 216 218 and this one elves stocked this library with their accumulated knowledge the floor collapsed 80 years ago because the instabilities reduced the fluctuations in the of the time construct in area 216 
Blah, 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 blah. It collapsed down. Although the elves stocked the library with incredible knowledge, there's not much here of interest. When the elves realized the enormity, this is a little secret, Chamath threw the library and its contents 100,000 years into the future. Distant ages far beyond the collapse of all predicted civilizations. The elves reasoned that if the library were discovered to exist in time, it's unlikely anyone of that era could understand its contents. According to Elven Oracles, whatever creatures inhabit Midgard 100,000 years in the future will have a completely different understanding of the fundamental underpinnings of magical philosophy. That is cool. That's some backstory that we want to put in our notes. That is a big secret. Oh, somebody told me there's a website. I'm going to try this. Remove line breaks. Look at this. Let's try this. Let's try this little tool. Paste your text here. Let's see. Base numbers. Convert line breaks to space. Yes. Convert paragraphs to space and then. Kind of, it did it. Not bad. Pretty close. There's still like a, there's still a, I guess we'll just copy and fix it. it got almost all of them. That's handy. That was remove line breaks.net. You can paste text into it and it will get rid of the line breaks and turn them into, uh, it seems to be pretty close. I sure wish there was like a, whoops. I sure wish that there was a, like a, a tool for that. We're going to bookmark that. Look at that. We're going to bang, remove line breaks, new tool, new tool. Mentioned that I think in the Sly Flourish Discord chat, somebody brought up that there was a tool for that. So that works really well. How are we doing on secrets? One, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six secrets. Let's see what else is going on in this adventure. Library offered no danger to the present. The secrets in its scrolls and books would be accessible only to a modern prison person who could travel 100 millennia forward, which happens to be... They failed to grasp a few documents they'd left behind to explain clearly what they'd done. Kagasi is not an awesomely powerful mage, but he's ambitious, and he's been working for a long time. The Arcane Scriptorium Time Construct. This is one where you're like, hey, look, there's a room description that's three pages long. Look, it goes on and on. Oh, my God. So, you know, summaries, man, bullet points, help, help a dude out, help a DM out, man. Characters first enter the scriptorium floor is littered with debris, scratches on the floor, Mark Raquel goes, he's built his time construct. The, I think the whole thing here, because we're not going to read three pages worth of stuff, is that in this chamber uh, is where the times construct comes popping back in at the moment you're choosing one of the characters in the vicinity time caster returns to the present with a big womp and i always like yeah ears popping they do the uh, sensation of the character's ears popping from the shockwave of air displaced in the construct when they investigate it they read the description when the construct arrives place an overlay portraying the construct on the map and show the players the point of view illustrations which map am i using is the con the construct is not there uh in in that one so we'll have to i'll i'll pull up a different map if I can find one. Goal is to carry their payload to the scribes in area 213. They aren't equipped to put up a fight. They call Kagasi for help, but they're prevented from doing their jobs. I think they have little sirens on their head. Deposit their text in the nearest table. Go to find the other clockwork scribes. Players are likely to be curious about the device. Jumping through time after an intermittent length of time, the construct sets off again for another journey through time. You should you should time this to happen at a dramatically appropriate moment. Everyone who is pulled along through time by the construct takes seven cold damage. is temporarily disoriented. Whee! As you go th traveling through time. And then there's these different time destinations. And they can dork around in these different time destinations. And it goes in the past and then the future, depending on a role. Some things happen there, and then they better not explore too far, or they will miss they will miss their connection and be stuck there permanently. Characters can be expanded length of time a construct spends away is up to you. As long as the players are enjoying themselves or having an exciting battle, let them stay. The key is to pull them away just before the situation is entirely resolved. The time character cares nothing for their interests. Far more dangerous than any of the characters might meet the potential for the characters to wander away and not return. The time the likelihood of it returning back to the same time is almost zero. 
won't come back for them. So the characters left behind in the past or far future, they're unlikely to ever get back. The clockwork servants explain this urgently. The clockwork servants will, will let them know. If you plot the character's journey through the time randomly, they arrive at the scriptorium a hundred thousand years in the future. The first time you roll a repeat result, or you can send them to the pre-selected itinerary of your favorites, blah, 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 blah. When the time construct brings the characters to the time display scriptorium, read the following. Thanks to the potent magic of the elves, the library in this case, uh, uh, is encased in a protective bubble and shielded against harm. Nothing that happens to this spot in the past can harm the scriptorium thanks to the same magic. And they can pluck stuff from the library. So here's the different time periods. 1,500 years in the past, large natural cavern, four savage-looking dwarves around a fire, roasting meat on sticks. Dwarves cry out in an unrecognized guttural language, grab stone-tipped spears and lying in the dirt. Before they can hurl the spears, the blue engulfs and they are zipped ahead. 500 years in the past, elves... 500 years in the future, cult fanatics. 1,000 years in the future, Dugar and Grix. So all different kinds of like what they exist. I'm not going to read through all of them because I'm not going to roll a handful of these, but that's pretty cool. They can try to learn stuff from the elves. So that's their like hop through time. That's pretty cool. That's a whole big section. Kagasi's chamber. In Kagasi's personal living space, door is always locked, opens with, with to the stick pin in Kagasi's waistcoat or the key in his keyring or a DC 15 check. Chest has no apparent lock. There's no lock to pick. A way to open the check to destroy it or cast a spell magic, which succeeds automatically. The chest has 800 gold pieces. Some other stuff. Any magical item? Bag of holding. There you go. Potion of growth, teleportation servant, potion of hill giant strength. Some good loot. Amethyst brooch, which is useful on lower levels. Bunch of books on, on, on this stuff. And that's it. So that is the, and so wherever they kind of are exploring last, I think that that would be fun. There's also the possibility of them sort of chasing Kagoth Z through time. Like if he goes and jumps in the thing to get away from them, that might be kind of fun. I don't know. We're, we're going we're gonna to play this by ear. The idea is he, he is moving around. He's really the only main threat in this chamber. Should he have bodyguards? Would he have a couple of like construct bodyguards? Probably. Maybe a couple of like armed constructs that we could just use the veteran stat block for ease. And that way, because if they have more characters than him, but I think he's a mage and he's a powerful mage and he can cast stuff like Kona Cold, but we'll, we're going to change all of his spells around so that they're time-based spells. So like if he casts Kona Cold, it instead does force damage as it sort of reconstitutes their bodies based on parallel versions of themselves or something weird like that. So reskinning, reskinning the kind of stuff that, that he's got. And that, that is pretty much that level. I only have six secrets. Are there any other secrets? Let's see. Is in league with what's her name? Who speaks for Gellert, the true, the heir, the heir of the Scarlet Citadel. That's that's in his title. Immorta. I don't know why Immorta doesn't work, but debased does. Immorta the debased travels between levels, but mostly operates on the lower levels the mages of scarlet citadel largely ignore levels three and four level three is overtaken by trollkin and dire owlbears level four is overtaken by darrow and bats and huge bats these occupants know to give the mages and their followers free access or terrible things happen to them. So they have ways up and down. I think another valuable thing is there are passages, other passages to the surface from the lower levels 
of the dungeon. That feels like a good set of secrets and clues. Fantastic locations. Kind of don't need to worry about that. That's really in the book. So we're going to just wipe that section out. NPCs, I've got Les Baskalag. We have Kagoth, Agoth Z. We have uh, Skik. Is Skik a... Do I have a page for Skik? Oh, sad. Skik doesn't have a page. Let me check the NPCs and see if he's got a page. Oh, yeah, he has a page. S-K-Y-X, Skiks. I thought it was Skik. That might be why I didn't... Yeah, that's S-K-Y-K. I screwed up. Oops. Surviving Dust Goblin of the Western Wastes. Cool. Deadly Benchmark. They are what level now? Four, I think. They think they just got to fourth level. So, and there are five of them. Five times four is 20. Half of that is five. So Deadly Benchmark is five. How do you figure out the Deadly Benchmark? When the characters are first to fourth level, you take their sum total of all of their levels. So if there are five characters that are fourth level, that is total is 20. You then divide that by four when they're below fifth level. In this case, that's back to five. You, if they're above, if they're fifth level or above, you divide it by two. That number is the total number of challenge ratings they might face that are potentially deadly. And an example is the mage stat block, go to D&D Beyond here, which Kagoth Z is a mage, I think is higher than that. He is CR6, so he is deadly on his own. If I threw two veterans in there, the two that would be definitely way higher, right? Because I was thinking that he might have a couple of a veteran bodyguard or two. And we'll just take the veteran stat block and make it mechanical. And that's CR3. So that would be 12. So 12 is so significantly higher than 5 that it is almost certainly a deadly... That is a, That could be very much a deadly battle. So we should be careful with that. Maybe instead I'll use thugs, which are CR1 half instead of CR3. That might, that might work better at level 4. Treasures in the book. Everything else is pretty solid. So I think, I think we are all set. I am. I feel good. I feel good. I feel ready. I'm excited about this next part of this adventure. I'm. 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 I'm eager. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today while I prepped for my game. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you enjoyed this show and you like the work that I do, you may want to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter where you get a adventure, free adventure generator PDF plus a weekly D&D related article sent directly to your email inbox. It is absolutely free. You can also support me directly on Patreon where you get access to a whole bunch of different material, exclusive adventures, the City of Arches sourcebook, a dedicated Discord channel, the monthly Q&A, and a whole bunch of other different things for becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. Very reasonable price and helps me do shows like this or you can pick up any of my books at the sly flourish bookstore the links for all of these are in the show notes below thank you all very much have a great day and get out there and play some D. &D.